This week on The Book Drop, we discuss the end of summer, check in with the OPL Reading Challenge with books about mental health, and talk about things that make our brains happy for Query of the Week. This is The Book Drop. Hello, and welcome to The Book Drop, Omaha Public Library's podcast about books, our community, and the joy of reading. I'm Erin Dewar, the Readers and Writers Librarian for OPL, and I am at our Benson branch. Hi, I'm Michelle Carlson. I work at the W. Clark Swanson branch, and I am the Book Club Librarian for OPL. Hi, I'm Nicole Hilder, back again. I work at the Downtown branch. Awesome. Nicole, what is coming up at the library? Very, very exciting. We have an author visit coming up. So we have Tosca Lee coming to the Willa Cather branch on Tuesday, August 29th from 6 to 7. She is going to talk about her new book, The Long March Home, which is co-authored by Marcus Brotherton. Um, we have a ton of books by her in our collection. Um, there will be a Q&A and a book signing after the book talk and books will be available to purchase. That is at Willa Cather again. Awesome. It's nice to have these uh, authors visiting the branches again for these events. It's mm-hmm. very exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of exciting things and whatnot, um, we are recording on July 31st, if that's okay to say. <laughs> and I'm like, is summer over? Summer reading program is over at 8 p.m. today, but in your brain, is it still summer tomorrow? Like, <laughs> and if it if it's over and all the memories are just done, they're memories now. What was your favorite? Uh, I panicked when you said summer is over, and <laughs> I mean, I feel like in in spirit it is over, and I hadn't thought about that yet. Yeah. Um. I noticed like we have this little like whiteboard on the door to where we do like all of our check-ins and it has notes and it was like last day of summer reading and then school starts on this date or whatever. Um, But okay, I guess I will accept that summer is mostly over, although it's probably going to be hot for a while. Yeah. Um, Literally the only thing that sticks out from summer for me. Uh, is that I went to Taylor Swift's Airs tour in Kansas City. Very nice, yeah. Which was this amazing collective experience. And I also kind of liken it to how people are like feel about Barbie. I watched this like TikTok this morning of like someone leaving the movie theater and seeing all these people walk by in pink and being able to say, hi, Barbie, and them all being able to say, hi, Barbie, back. And it's just this like, love humanity like we have this shared experience we're all really excited about this thing um but like the the taylor swift concert was like unlike anything i've ever been to on like multiple levels but my biggest thing that i took away from it was that everybody is so happy i have never been around i don't know that stadium holds like seventy six thousand people uh i've never been around that many people who are just so overjoyed to be in the same place and I've never been around that many people who love the same thing as me and I it was like this just amazing like I could cry because it made me so happy because everybody was happy so literally nothing from my summer uh pops out at all but that was a big kind of formative experience 
I saw someone who said like, did you go to the airs tour? Is your brain chemistry like fundamentally changed? And I was like, yeah, I think it is. <laughs> Aaron, I am so jealous of you. I, I wish I could have gotten, my cousin went to the, one of the shows in Denver and I'm like, I will sneak in with you because mm-hmm. I didn't even attempt to buy tickets for it. It's like, that's not, I don't even want to try, but now I'm like, I should have tried. I'm disappointed in myself. So I'm very jealous, but I'm glad that you had a great time. Thank you. Um, My summer has been an absolute whirlwind. I don't remember anything that happened in the last few months. (laughs) So I obviously I work at the downtown branch. We opened on May 21st and it feel like it just seems like that's been my life for the whole Mm. summer is just figuring out how this new branch works and we've had a lot of people come in which is amazing we love seeing all these patrons come in and enjoy the new branch um but it just means that my my summer is a blur and that's okay because i am i'm always grumpy in the summer because it's too hot yes i am so warm all the time that i hate summer Mm -hmm. so i'm kind of okay with just forgetting about it i saw a thing on instagram where it was like nine Saturdays until spooky season. And I'm like, sign me up. Who needs summer when we have spooky season? So my summer has been a blur, Yeah, but I'm also just super excited for it to be over so we can have spooky season. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I, it's already a spooky season in my heart. So it's It's always Halloween in my heart. (laughs) Same, Same for my child who does understand that after summer comes Halloween so that is and then after Halloween is Christmas and so yep so that's our seasons in our (laughs) house and I'm looking forward to spooky season two we like my goal is to be at whatever spirit Halloween opening day day. we will be there (laughs) (laughs) we were there like every Saturday or Friday night last year so you'll find us there again I love it (laughs) yeah the other day I was thinking like is it too soon to like put up like a christmas tree a holiday tree and maybe like decorate it with some spooky spooky ornaments and just have it up all the time like i could use that serotonin in my life i love that i love a little tree that you just like put whatever is making you gonna gonna make you happy on it yeah to look at because that's like what knickknacks are for yeah it's supposed to like just aesthetics (laughs) so yeah yeah um i'm with you nicole on the like wait it's July? No. It, like how, when, where did June go? All that type of stuff. Um, but we were able to take a vacation recently. And with that, we got to spend a lot of time in a pool, which was great. And um, we usually go to splash parks. We don't usually go to pools. And so this was McKinnon's first time wearing the like life jacket in the pool. And he was all like wibbly wobbly in the water in the beginning. But literally within the first hour, he had pushed me away and said, leave me alone. I got this. Whoa. <laughs> and wow. he was um, going back and forth in that pool with me, you know, at my arm's distance away or like one of the grandparents was an arm distance away from him and stuff. But uh, it, he did not want help at all. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then within, was it that same day or maybe it was the next day when we went back as when he was then ready to jump into the pool also, which was great. So um, I love seeing the world through his eyes. I 
just think it's the funniest thing. Um, and I, I know there's like a meme about like when your child is learning how to talk and they finally stop saying the word wrong. Um, and two of his words that I absolutely like never want him to say correctly. He calls a lobster, a lob monster. Yes. Don't want to hear it otherwise. That makes sense. It just makes sense. Mm -hmm. It should be a lot monster. Um, And then it's also Schmarshmallow. (gasps) Oh, that's adorable. (laughs) I just, I never want to hear the word marshmallow from his mouth. It's a Schmarshmallow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, McKinnon. Yeah. Because it's s'mores, so it could be like s'mores. Right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Again, it just makes sense that that's what the word should have been. (laughs) I love it. So, yeah. So yeah, lots of little fun, bright moments like that to kind of that in some ways, all of those blur together. Don't know what day any of those things happened, but it was fun. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, if you are a regular listener, you know that we occasionally check in with the OPL reading challenge, which is we have 12 challenges throughout the year that if you want to push yourself in your reading comfort out of your reading comfort zone a little bit, uh, you can choose to read some of these challenges. So the challenge that we're talking about this month is read a book about or featuring mental health. So that can be nonfiction. It can be fiction. Um, we'll tell you the truth. When you are completing the challenge, uh, you get to pick those books. So no one is judging or checking that you read something that truly fit it a certain way. Um, so you can interpret that challenge however you want. Uh, but Michelle, so what is your first book for a book about or featuring mental health? Awesome. So I'm going to start with our nonfiction. Obviously, there's, you know, as Aaron was saying, it's whatever you were feeling for this challenge. And there's lots and lots of nonfiction out there. Um, And of course, then there's the fiction where the characters are dealing with different things and such. But um, this one's been going around staff, I think, a little bit. And so, of course, that's part of why I picked it up. But maybe you would recognize the the cover. Um but I'm going to talk about Real Self Care, a transformative program for redefining wellness. Uh, parentheses, crystals, cleanses, and bubble baths not included uh, by Pooja Lakshman, uh, MD. So she is a, oh, shoot, was it physical? No, I can't remember. Yeah, psychiatrist. Okay. So Lakshman is a board certified psychiatrist and is so is coming at us with real firsthand experience, um, personally and within, um, studies from patients and all, all of those, uh, multitudes, um, that have been brought into this book. Um, for those that might have remembered, uh, this book kind of reminded me a little bit of maybe you should talk to someone, uh, by Lori Gottlieb in the way that she kind of creates little amalgamations of the different patients um, and is talking about them and how they were working through different issues and such. And a lot of those issues are having to do with our definition of self-care and what real self-care actually is. So a lot of like, I have a lot of quotes in this book talk more than I think I would normally do. But one is that real self-care is not a noun, it's a verb. Um, And that it is about the way that we care for ourselves, And that we have, you know, been, there's the tyranny of self-care, which uh, Lakshman defines as when self-care becomes a burden, which an item on the to-do list or something you feel bad about if you don't accomplish it versus 
it being the thing that helps you actually come back to yourself. Um, and so there's a lot of faux self-care out in the world. Um, hence her part of the title of the crystals, cleanses, and bubble baths that, you know, uh, those things are not self-care. Um, those are things about just kind of general wellness and the things that we do to survive versus self-care, which is a way of setting boundaries and, in, um, and that type of thing. Um, and so, I'm going to go back a little bit and say that one thing that just like hooked me in the book is right from the dedication. And so the dedication says, this book was written for every woman who wonders if she's got it all wrong, if she'll ever measure up, if she's asking for too much. I see you. I am you. Together, we will forge a better path for ourselves and for the next generation. Um. And for anybody that like Aaron was talking about, still got that Barbie energy, this like um, really sold me on a lot of that empowerment. Um, I was actually listening to this um, after I came out of the Barbie movie. And um, the last chapter, which is what I was on, is called Real Self-Care is an Assertion of Power. And it opens with the bell hooks quote, sometimes people try to destroy you precisely because they recognize your power, not because they don't see it, but because they see it and they don't want it to exist. Um, and just a lot of like things to, to, you know, get you going and feel your, feel your power within yourself and uh, what you are allowed to do, giving yourself permission to do a lot of different things. And so uh, the book takes you through essentially what is not self-care, what we have been told or kind of see as self-care potentially, but that is not real self-care. Um, and then moves into what she calls the four principles of real self-care, the fourth one being that assertion of power. Um, and so I just, if you are looking on ways to, you know, instead of just pushing forward and, you know, toxic positivity, which is sometimes what you can find in self-improvement books. This is really about how you can go about reflecting and feeling your feelings um, and learning some actual tips. You know, she takes you through some little exercises and that type of thing for you to come back to yourself and realize what real self-care for yourself is going to look like. Um, and again, that's Real Self-Care by Pooja Lakshman, MD. So thanks. And then Nicole. So are you telling me that my clear quartz crystals sitting on my dresser aren't doing anything for me, Michelle? <laughs> Babe, it can be doing something for you, but <laughs> is it taking you to the next level? Is it real for you? Uh, the book will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So I am going to tell you about a book that you've probably already heard of, um, 13 Reasons Why by Jay Asher. I'm going to start with just saying content warning for days. Um, it talks about sexual assault, suicide, drug use. Honestly, just a very it's a very devastating read. So if you are not in the right mindset for that, I welcome you to skip ahead a few minutes. Um, but if you haven't heard of this book or need a refresher, um, 13 Reasons Why is about Hannah Baker. Um, Clay Jenkins comes home from school one day to find a package for him on the front door. There's no return address and the only thing inside is 13 cassette tapes. 
He starts playing the first one, and he hears the voice of Hannah, a friend of his who died by suicide just a few weeks ago. He spends the whole night listening to the tapes, visiting key spots around town, and hearing more about the events that led to Hannah's death. This book has been adapted into a TV show on Netflix. Um, It is equally devastating. Um, I... This was my second time reading it. Um, I read it for the first time back in like 2018, I think. And this time around, being a little bit older, it hit me in a different way. I didn't struggle a ton with mental health in high school, but it's something that I've experienced in the past few years, unfortunately. So uh, hearing about how Hannah's life ended and why it ended is truly devastating. That's the only word I can think about this book is devastating. Um, It's still a really important, great read. It's been challenged a lot and um, it's been on a bunch of banned books list because the content is graphic and really really upsetting. Um, That being said, it's equally beautiful at the same time. Um, it gives you an opportunity to see someone who may be feeling and experiencing the same things as you. (sighs) There's really no good way to talk about this book. It's just, it's really sad. Um, but the story is told through cassette tapes. So I do recommend the audiobook. There's two voice actors. So you get a clear distinction on who is talking and it gives you a really nice performance to listen to. Um, if you have not seen the show i recommend the first season that's the one that stays most true to the books after that it kind of they go into different plot lines that are not covered in the book so i have not watched past season one i don't plan on watching past season Mm -hmm. one um but i do recommend it again it's really tough so if you're not in the right mindset do not read it right now we will have a copy of it i think probably forever um it's we have a ton of different formats um but that is 13 reasons why by jay asher well yeah this is one of those books that i i've read twice i've read in print and on audio back when i had the time to um and so i completely agree that it's really powerful in the way that it is talking about um about suicide and sexual assault um in The other element that I just always really stuck out with me is that um, Hannah had made like a map that goes along with the the cassettes uh, of talking about these different key points of her life as well. Um, And Clay goes and visits all of them too, which was really just kind of dark, (laughs) Um, but powerful too. And then also knowing that he's not the first person to be listening to these tapes and he won't be the last either. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I've also read that book and watched the first season of the show. And I, yeah, after the first season, I feel like it felt like exploitative. I felt Mm. like the way that the storylines of the TV show, it feels like trauma porn a little bit. And so I just was kind of like, no, thank you. Um, It feels like a cash grab too, where it's like this first season was so successful. So many people watched it. Let's keep going with this. And it's one of those shows where like one season is enough. Yeah. And maybe upping the ante. I don't remember everything that like happening later, but I feel like some stories 
that's the story and you don't need to continue it. And I feel like that would have been it for me too. So Um, I chose both nonfiction today. Uh, My first one is Wintering, The Power of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times by Catherine May. Um, So wintering here refers to not only the season and kind of how we sometimes we prepare for the season and how we like hunker down for the season, but using that idea to like applying that idea to something is going on in your life and it, you need to drop out and you need to winter and you need to hunker down and take care of yourself. Um, so for May, the book kind of is kicked off in a span of like six months. Her husband gets sick. Uh, her son is pulled out of school for like anxiety and bullying. Um, and she leaves her job due to like health issues. And this all kind of kicks off for her. I think she's like on this dream vacation in Iceland. She goes to the blue lagoon. Um, and the minute she like gets out of the lagoon, she like gets really sick. And it was like the minute her body rested, it was immediately like, we're going to make you rest. <laughs> like her body's like, Oh, okay. Now we're resting. I'm going to like put you down for a while. Um, so she was talking about these events, but it's really more an exploration of the idea of, and kind of like a opposing idea of how like you need to like push through it and like pull yourself out of it. And I loved this idea of like, no, you don't. Sometimes you need to like the best way out is through, right? Like sometimes you need to feel your feelings. Sometimes you need to work through your grief or not. Maybe sometimes you just need to fill your grief or your ish, like your mental health issues that you're dealing with. Um, and I, I think I'd always kind of really liked this idea, but until I read this book, I didn't really have the language for that idea that like, it's okay to live in whatever you're dealing with. And so since I've read this book, I've used this with people multiple times and with myself being like, I'm just wintering right now. Or like, you just had something happen to you and like, understand that it's okay for you to drop out of everything that is not required to keep you alive essentially and like fed and housed like are you going through a tough time like you don't have to be social like you don't have to do any of that stuff like those are obligations that um if that's not good for your health right now then like just don't do it and it's okay to like stay at home and take care of yourself and work through stuff um it's a bit memoir but it's really we don't actually even shelve it as memoir it's shelved more under psychology uh I really like Catherine May. I read her other book, Enchantment, and I feel like this is a counterweight to that. Enchantment's about like being enchanted by the world and like the small things in life. Um, and I don't think she describes herself li- like this, but it it I can't for a better like w- lack of lack of a better word like it feels very like earthy to me and slightly witchy although that's not like a word i think that she would use to describe herself but like the idea of an an enchantment being enchanted by nature and these small moments really aligns with that for me and so this is just the other side of that um she talks about liminal spaces which aligns with that too and that it for her like wintering and being in that mode is a liminal space because you're not out in the world um And I think like overall, one of my favorite sayings that I like currently have on a sticker on my notebook is that rest is productive. And I think for so much of my life and for many of us, we are taught that like 
rest is almost kind of laziness if it's not like your essential sleep. But I truly believe that like resting and taking care of yourself is an act of being, you are being productive because it is an essential thing that you need. And so like, I like to have it on my notebook because it's like really good for it to be in front of my face as a person who like always feels like I have to be doing something. I feel like I have to be active and like producing something of some kind on my weekends. And so sometimes it's a good reminder that like, you don't have to do that and it's okay. <laughs> like if you just want to watch TV all weekend, like you should watch TV all weekend and that's okay. And you need that if that's what your body feels like you need. So um, that is Wintering, The Power of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times by Catherine May. Back to Michelle. Erin, you got to read real self-care. So that because yeah. I know one of the things when she's talking about what self-care isn't is also talking about um, like the like the imposter of accomplishment mm-hmm. and achievement. And mm-hmm. that, again, the way we turn self-care into that, but also the way that yep. that is harmful to our to ourselves, because like you said, rest is productive. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I'll probably be talking about that book for a while. It's stuck <laughs> in my head. It was really, really good. Um, I always love when a book comes to you at the right time. So mm-hmm. always what I hope what we do with the podcast for you listeners is that Yay. one of these books hits for you. Okay. So um, I'm going to take us into a novel in verse um, that is also uh, teen main character. So it's young adult, but of course, as we know here, young adult is for everyone. Um, it just happens to be teen people. Um, and so I'm going to talk about We Are All So Good at Smiling by Amber McBride, which you can almost tell from that title that it's going to be talking about mental health because, again, like we say, we we tend to cover up these things and we don't always talk about them. And our main character does say that phrase um, a couple times about that, how she herself is so good at smiling um, and that some of the other people that she's met um, have that talent as well. Um, and so our main character is Whimsy. Uh, she is technically human, but so this is book is, has a bit of a fantastical element as well. However, she does have some magical powers. Um, and so Whimsy meets a boy who's a fae, you know, um, and his name happens to also then be fairy. Um, and they have both suffered a traumatic loss or something traumatic. Um, and so they be in a kind of support group in a hospital while working through these things. Um, and through that, uh, and then Fairy ends up moving into onto the same block um, in their neighborhood as Whimsy. And through their friendship growing, they are realizing that they have some other deeper connection between them. And so they are working together on finding out what that is. Um, and so uh, they're going to, you know, be going into the woods that uh, Whimsy has forbidden herself from going into uh, and talk about uh, all the different things that they're feeling. Um, and it gives a physical embodiment to um, depression, which was uh, really fascinating um, to to listen to and, and, and be a part of. Um, and so in that sense of uh, a content warning, uh, their adventure, they're going to go through lots of different things and it might just depict experiences of clinical depression, generational trauma, racism, self-harm, suicidal ideation, and survivor's guilt. Um, so take care if uh, you choose to read this one. But it also has almost a light 
tone to it in a way um, in that it's very lyrical. Cause like I said, it's a novel in verse. Um, and so um, it's very expressive in, in that like sparseness of the, the poetry and, and everything. Um, and one of the other things that was really interesting was just like, if you like classic fairy tales or folklore, then you're going to get some of that in here um, on their journey. They're meeting characters like, Anansi, uh, Baba Yaga, and Snow White even. Um, and so um, I started rereading this again because I read this a while ago. And so I wanted to remind myself about it. And as I was reading it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of John Green's A Fault in Our Stars, where it's these characters that came together for this reason and then go on an adventure together. Um, and so, you know, in that book, it's about, um, you know, they have cancer and that's why they became friends. And then it's that they're searching for an author, but in this way they're connecting over different things. And so it was also just a really lovely book about uh, friendship. Um, and also Amber McBride, the author is, is black. And so this would be um, for re the reading challenge also to read a book by a black author. Um, and so if you're looking for that fiction for this challenge um, and then um you kind of like novels in verse or a little, some fantastical elements, then check out We Are All So Good at Smiling by Amber McBride. Nicole? I'm going to continue on this poetry train. Yay. Um, And I'm going to tell you about Our Numbered Days by Neil Hilborn. Um, this is a poetry collection. He talks about love, heartbreak, mental illness, living in the Midwest, specifically Minnesota, and a lot more. Um, I love poetry. It's something I don't go to as often as I should, but it really gets you in your feels and helps you understand your emotions a little bit better. At least that's what it does for me. Um, so this collection is deeply emotional. It's really relatable and it's easy to understand. It doesn't have a lot of that flowery language where some poetry does, and then you're like, what does this actually mean? It's really, really, really relatable. Um, I have some favorites from this collection. Of course, not all of them are, like, winners for me. Um, but there's a few that really stood out. There's one called The Sadness Factory. Um, another one, I don't know what swear words are going to give you an explicit... <laughs> um, uh, an explicit warning for this episode, but there's another one that made me laugh. That's called, I'm sorry, your kids are such little shits and that we are in the same Zen garden. Um, that one just really made me chuckle. Uh, <laughs> and then my favorite one from this collection is Joey. Um, I'm going to read just a quick little excerpt from it because it, it gives you an idea about mental health and how, money can play a role in that. So if you have, if you can afford to go to therapy, that is really great. But some people just can't and that makes them more susceptible to die by suicide and it makes their life that much harder. Um, so this is an excerpt from Joey. When I wanted to open myself up and see if there really were bees rattling around in there, my parents got me a therapist. I can pinpoint the session that brought me back to the world. That session cost $75. $75 is two weeks of groceries. It's a month of bus fare. 
It's not even a school year's worth of new shoes. It took weeks of $75 to get to the one that saved my life. We both had parents that believed us when we said we weren't okay, but mine could afford to do something about it. I wonder how many kids like Joey wanted to die and were unlucky enough to actually pull it off. And so that is just a short little excerpt from that poem. Neil Hilborn is most well known for his um, poem called OCD. It is a spoken word performance that has, I think, over like 15 million views on YouTube. So I'm sure it'll be linked in our um, episode list. But that one is really fascinating. He does have a performance of Joey, the one I just read from, and then one that I just found when I went on my button poetry rabbit hole called You Can't Be Depressed. And that one really hit close to home. He talks about Aaron Rodgers, which kind of made me laugh, but um, it has that same notion of, you know, you have money, you have a great job, you can't be depressed. And it was really, really emotional. Um, but yeah, that is Our Numbered Days by Neil Hilborn. If you don't want to read the whole poetry collection, and if you would rather listen to it, that's how I best digest poetry is reading it on a page as they're performing it. Um, he has tons of performances online, so definitely check him out. Aaron. I love the idea of poetry as like in for this challenge. I hadn't really thought about it, but it makes a lot of sense because I feel like poetry is you know like sinking down into emotions and feelings and so obviously that that works well mm-hmm. um my last book is reasons to stay alive by matt haig um matt haig I, I feel like is probably mostly known for his fiction he wrote the midnight library how to stop time the humans um i've actually never read his fiction i've only read his nonfiction works um in this it is a memoir, but I feel like it's not very linear, but he talks about his struggles with depression, um, anxiety, and kind of talks about the history of that for him and how he's worked through it. Um, it's, I would say in, sometimes there's books that are, I can sometimes just read people's things. Like I can read about their mental health struggles and sometimes it's difficult. And for some reason for this, I'm not actively dealing with anything that he deals with on a regular basis. There were, I was like a little bit hesitant to like pick up this book when I needed to get through and read it. I think because his descriptions of his anxiety and his things that he's dealing with are really vivid. And I also, I, so I would say if you are actively dealing with something, I, I don't know if I'd recommend this to me because it, it kind of like gave, I kind of like take on those feelings a little bit. But I also think that's maybe I follow Matt Haig on social media and like you will see him go through kind of cycles and anxiety like through his social media platforms. And I think that makes it a little bit harder. Um, So but like he's he's talking about his history of mental illness. He like deals with pretty bad anxiety and panic attacks. He's had agoraphobia at times. He has depression. Um, But he's also talking about healing through things like literature um family his wife is like a huge part of like healing uh from his mental health illness um and i think just kind of enjoying like things of the everyday uh although a memoir it kind of felt to me like a commonplace book almost like and i i 
also have read his book called The Comfort Book. And I use the same phrase for my other recommendation, but like The Comfort Book feels like a counterweight to Reasons to Stay Alive. The Comfort Book literally feels like a collection of little kind of beautiful things about life and Reasons to Stay Alive feels kind of like the opposite end of that. He is talking about Reasons to Stay Alive, but it feels a little darker or heavier to me than The Comfort Book feels like it really is there to build you up. Um, but the book is these little, he kind of goes back and forth in time, like him and his wife lived in a Ibiza and like things that he dealt with there. Um, and then he'll kind of go forward to when he's a little bit older. Um, so they just felt like these little vignettes of reflection of things that were going on during those different times in his life. Um, I did listen to the audiobook of this and Matt Haig is I think British. So it was very nice to listen to. I do like his voice. So that in itself is very comforting. Um, there are many audiobooks that I'll just be like, you should just listen to it because this person's voice is kind of comforting. And I find Matt Haig's voice to be kind of comforting, even when he's talking about difficult topics. So uh, that is Reasons to Stay Alive by Matt Haig. It is a fairly short book in print. I'm not sure, but in audiobook, it's like four hours. So it's a pretty quick read. Uh do we have any other titles we want to share? I definitely have a few that I just want to shout out. Um, Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. Totally. Similar to, I didn't, until Michelle, you mentioned that, you know, there's some, they always go on an adventure in John Green's books. <laughs> yeah. That didn't click until you just said it. Mm-hmm. And so Turtles All the Way Down has that like adventure aspect, but it also really talks about, um, mental health and mm-hmm. um, anxiety and anxiety for sure. It's it was a really good one. I've I think I've read that one about twice, maybe three times, and I I really enjoy it. Um, that's another young adult fiction. And then another one I want to shout out is the Yellow Wallpaper by Charlotte Perkins Gilman. It is a classic. It is based on the author's bout with severe depression and misguided medical treatment. It's super short. I think it's 40 pages, Um, but that's a good one. And then another poetry collection is I Love You, Call Me Back by Sabrina Benham. She has this super, super powerful performance from, it's from quite a while ago. But it is the poem she's performing is called Explaining My Depression to My Mother. It is absolutely gut-wrenching. I don't think we have the collection with that poem in it. But again, her performance is online. And we do have I Love You, Call Me Back in the collection. So you can always check out that one. Her poetry is really great, too. Awesome. Michelle, you have any? No. Uh, Anna's not here, but she did drop in our notes for today, uh, a book called Nobody's Normal, How Culture Created the Stigma of Mental Illness by Roy Richard Grinker, which I'm actually really interested in because I'm always, I think about this idea a lot of how people with mental illness or anxiety or depression have really been like taught to hide it and like feel shameful. But I think like more people than not deal with some type of um, mental health issue, whether it be anxiety or whatever. Mm. Um, and I feel like people are made to feel like they're not normal, but I actually think it makes you quite normal. And so 
I feel like I would love for us to kind of like move away from that idea that this is not a thing that's normal and regular for people. Um, cool. Well, we talked about some difficult topics. <laughs> uh, let's talk about happy things. Uh, the query this week is what makes your brain happy? And you can interpret that however you would like. Uh, Nicole, what makes your brain happy? Lately, it has been playing Stardew Valley, which is a nice, cozy farming game on my Switch. I don't want to tell you how many hours I've put into it, um, but definitely been something that makes me happy. I'll also have a show playing in the background, so you can find me watching the six-hour Pride and Prejudice adaptation while I'm playing Sturdy Valley. Um, and then also cross-stitching. I've been getting into cross-stitching again. I've been making bookmarks for some coworkers, so that's been something that has given me some... I don't know. I just love your thought. It's making me really happy making things for other people. Erin. Or Michelle, sorry. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I love that you mentioned cross-stitching. I haven't shared this with anybody except literally just my my mom and my dad know. Um, but uh so my grandparents, uh I realized this year it's been 20 years since we lost them. Um, and we always go back to their town where they had retired and stuff, and that's where we spend our vacation. And so this year, when we were going back, I had found in like Walmart clearance section, a little embroidery kit. Um, and it was $3 and it had all the pieces to it. Um, and my Grammy had taught me how to embroider all those different summers that we had spent down there in Arkansas with them. And so I was like, I want to do it. And so I've been reteaching myself how to embroider. And every time I look at the thing, it just, it really makes me happy. I'm like, which I know is like part of that accomplishment thing, but it's also to me connecting with somebody that I wish I had had more time with um, and that I hadn't taken that time for granted with since um, she passed when I was 16 years old. And so, you know, you just don't know what you don't know um, about how precious time is with people. And so, in that weird way that sadness also makes you happy you know yeah well um i cute animal videos and memes like almost embarrassingly make me happy and i also <laughs> feel like sometimes like sending people memes feels like part of my love language i don't know what love language that actually fits into but like Michelle knows she sends me all this stuff on TikTok. Uh -huh. um, like, I there's like a boost of serotonin because it's like a you're like oh I I feel that way too, um, but I have over years have used cute animal videos like to literally build myself up. I remember there was a time when my spouse and I both were like in difficult jobs, not to the library. It was like years before, and we we're both like having a rough time, and like literally. I would save pictures of dogs and puppies on Pinterest and every night we would look at them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it would it would help us like just feel better. We also wanted a dog. So I think it was like a way to like we didn't have a dog. So we would just look at like all these dogs at night. Um, food also makes me really happy. I genuinely believe that like food is one of the reasons to be alive. And I don't even mean like necessarily fancy food. I just mean like any kind of food that comforts you or like I'll eat like a really good hot dog or something and like dance a little bit. Cause I just, if you love it so much um, and making things, making things makes me really happy. Although it takes a lot more time than just looking at animal videos. <laughs> so. 
Um, it, um, I don't. So for those of you who have seen the Barbie movie, there's a portion at the very end where it talks about like the different kinds of Barbies and there's depression Barbie mm-hmm. and it's like doom scrolling for seven hours on Instagram and then watching the six hour BBC Pride and Prejudice <laughs> like that just made me feel so seen. But yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, we got a good number of uh, listener responses. Nicole, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. So Chloe says nicely organized kitchens and cleaning supplies. It makes sense. And anytime I organize something new, it makes me feel so accomplished and warm and fuzzy inside. Um, Mark said the kitchen is my ultimate happy place. Dicing vegetables and that stir when a root really comes together are my most reliable ways to generate positive neurochemicals. I like that. Mm -hmm. And then Melissa says cozy gaming. I am on board with that, Melissa. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mention that I've also uh, finally bought a Switch, a Nintendo Switch, and so I've been playing Animal Crossing and building up my island, and I didn't play for a whole week, not went on vacation, it went on vacation, but when we came back, I didn't play it as much, and I just started again this weekend, I was like, oh, yeah, this is fun, this is so silly, just running around, collecting (laughs) seashells, and shaking trees, and And fishing, you know, and fishing, it's so (laughs) silly, but it's so fun, yeah. All right, Angeline Angeline says, aesthetic videos that include books, making coffee, candles, rain, cozy lighting, and cozy seating. Love that. Anna says, tidy spaces, good food, examining and nurturing plants, time outdoors, and dogs, dogs, dogs. So I have a feeling this is Ariana. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And David says, aggressive music like the screamers, the germs, or bad brains. It gives me a cathartic release from any pent-up negativity. That's our David. And Andy says, music. Uh, Angela says, intellectual, low-risk arguments about pop culture with friends, mental health. Oh, she's okay. These are two different categories. Say intellectual things make her feel good. Low-risk arguments about pop culture with friends. Mental health things are like yoga, meditation, and puzzles. I am also a big puzzler and... It is like meditation to me. Uh, A couple anonymous folks said slime ASMR videos, particularly any slimes that make a crunchy noise. I do kind of like those. Those are fun. Um, I don't really like ASMR. I'm not the ASMR necessarily. If there's like a visual ASMR, like watching people like shape soap and stuff, it's very I love watching people decorate cakes. That's still one of my big things. I love. Yeah. I've stumbled across people creating new book covers yes. and that is another one that i'm like oh this nice. makes like gives my brain a nice little tickle uh-huh. there's someone who redoes books in like the penguin um, yes that's what i'm talking yes, about yes where yeah. they the like cloth bound ones that yes. are just a pattern yeah okay um and then last thing either something that is engaging or entraps me into their world whether it be a book game or show or when i'm in a low stimulated area mm. very cool uh, well, Nicole, thank you again for being here. We love having you. Thanks for having me. Uh, watch OPL social media on Fridays for our new episodes. See your upcoming query of the week. Uh, you can send us your answers at our email um, at the book drop at omahalibrary.org, or you can email us for any other reason. Um, every book resource or thing that we mentioned will be linked in our list and in, in, in our episode description. So you can check it out there if you missed it. And that is our episode. Thanks for joining us on the book drop. 
The Book Drop is produced by Omaha Public Library. Our theme music is Trapped in Amber, courtesy of the band Lucid Fugue. Don't forget to subscribe to The Book Drop on your favorite podcast app and like and follow Omaha Public Library on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll talk to you next time on The Book Drop. Book Drop.